Welcome back to another Overdone, and this is the first time we're doing this, by first the way. First time. Uh, episode of the Predicated Podcast. Uh, I'm back. You're so smooth, spicy, say this. Not smooth. A smooth brain. Yeah. And I'm Mel, your favorite big titty heathen. Uh, so, Beth, yes. I purchased something that I think you'll like. Is it tacos? I bet it's tacos. Uh, I mean, I guess you could call it a foot taco with what the f- wheels. I don't think I want to know. Skates. I got new skates. Oh, yeah. I don't get it. <sighs> Let's get blasphemous. Let's get dangerous. Show in the bar. Get on the bus. We'll see you in hell. I thought you were talking about a new kink. I said purchased. How does one even purchase a new kink? Through our Patreon. <laughs> I mean. If you go to <laughs> patreon.com slash burning in 666, you can become a supporter if you really like what we do. We mm. like what we do. And it's expensive. So you can help us out a little bit. Uh, so much therapy. Oh, my God. Shut <laughs> up, Mel. Uh, you can be a sinner for three bucks a month. Or you can be a heathen for six dollars and sixty six cents. So yeah. satanic. So evil. We'll give you a thank you message and shout you out on every episode. Yes, mm. it is exhausting, but we'll do it for you. You can also be a blasphemer if you really, really like what we do. Mm-hmm. You start getting all of this swag. You get a sticker, a shirt, a poster, a, a hoodie, and mm, we, we, mm. we start getting more, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if, you, if you go to the diabolical level, we'll, we'll do shady things for you. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it's a good old reach around, you know. It's fine. I'll show you all of my nipples. <laughs> all three of them. All three of them. <laughs> Okay. But without further ado, do uh, we would like to bring in our guest, Erin Lewis. She is an all-around badass. She's a former adult entertainer and an author. Yes. How's it going, Erin? This is like a deja vu, isn't it? Hmm. It is. It's weird. I feel like I've done this before. <laughs> it was going great tonight, actually. It was. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for being patient with us. We're not professional. It's fine. Well, you know, I did probably tell you that we are a we are a shit show. A bit of a yes. shit. Oh, perfect. So there it is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome to the shit show, Erin. Uh, before we get to know you a little bit better, do you know what time it is, Mel? What time is it, Beth? It is time for the Bible verse of the day. Per tradition, we would love the guests to read the Bible verse of the day. What do you have for us today? Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so I grew up Catholic, mm. so obviously I didn't read Same. the Bible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no lies detected. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, so it took me a minute to kind of like uh, figure out what I was going to pick when you asked me this, actually. And then I was slightly annoyed that I was going to have to Google it. And, oh. um, That's what I do. Search history. So I'll be dealing with that for a little bit. Um, we'll have to look up maybe more porn to like. Yes. Yes. Is there you like, go. Uh, Bible scripture porn. Bible porn. Bible porn. I mean, it's so the Bible. Wanna... anyway, but yeah. <laughs> Bible <Sorry>. porn. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I took 
I, I, I basically looked up something that, that I thought was sort of kind of familiar. And mm-hmm. so what I came up with is uh, Ezekiel 2517. Okay. And it is. And I will execute great vengeance upon them with furious rebukes, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I shall lay my vengeance upon them. Ooh. What a holy verse. Uh, yeah. Right? right. It's, it's, from, uh, it's from Pulp Fiction, and it's mm-hmm. what uh, Samuel Jackson's character says right before he kills somebody. Oh. Uh, so I thought it was rather appropriate to kind of point out the... Um, the parts of the Bible that had anybody bothered to teach me, they probably mm. would have uh, left out. Um, we got all the good, squishy, you know, fun, nice yeah, stuff. Not right. the, not the vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, that's. I've never watched so that movie. The, so God's a dick, basically, is what this says. God's a dick. <laughs> yeah. God's dick. And not the good dick that you want, you know, like. No, no, like, no, just, no. Uh, uh-uh. Just yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> No, it's, it's whiskey dick uh, like 24 <laughs> 7. Nope. No, like, oh my god. Man. I think that's actually a much better analogy. Just completely disappointing all the way around. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you, you know that what, what, what that's like, right, Bev? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> god damn it. What? That one. Well, thank you for sharing that amazing, horrible Bible verse. <laughs> um, but we would love to get to know you. Um, can you tell us uh, your religious background and how you became an atheist, a dirty, dirty, godless a- uh, atheist? <laughs> um, well, uh, like I said, I grew up Catholic, sort of. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Orange County. So um, I'm the last of six kids. Oh, wow. uh, but my, my brothers and sisters are five. Uh, well, no, they're nine to 14 years older than me. So oh, by wow. the time I came around, um, Catholicism had pretty much, I don't know, devolved into, well, it was Orange County. My dad's a, a, a small business owner. So mm-hmm. so it was pretty much like uh, Reagan was our prophet. We worshiped oh. at the mall. You know, the, the most important part of our religion was, you know, the importance of tax evasion and justifying alcoholism so that was pretty much like that was my religious upbringing um (laughs) no i i went to church um you know like weddings and funerals Mm -hmm. uh sometimes on holidays stuff like that sunday school was never going to be a thing Mm -hmm. for me um so uh, my brothers and sisters did have a little more traditional upbringing but like for me they like stopped at baptism um Mm. And that was it. So mm. I've still yet to have a communion wafer. Um, uh, I don't you're not missing out. It. It's disgusting. It's it, so, like... I, you know, I, it's almost one of those things where when I was a little kid, especially because I was like hungry all the time, not mm-hmm. because we didn't have food. I just was a bottomless pit. I can eat all the time. Right. And I used to get so irritated, especially because you're the one sitting in the back of the thing. And it's like everybody gets to do this thing <laughs> and they get to eat and drink something. <laughs> And right. I'm in the back and they're like, no, 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 you can't have that. And I'm like, why? And they're like, pretty much because you're going to hell. Like, you know, we didn't even bother. No, no. But for reals, I always felt like it always just irritated me. So one day on my bucket list, I need to have a communion waiver. Yes. Just, I, um, I mean, I should bring some next year. I was like, you can buy the body of Christ on Amazon. So yeah, I, don't I don't think I want to buy it. I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. All right. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It's, it's, Give it to you for free. Out. We'll see. 
Um, but I was basically, so more or less, I just really believed in, in God, right? There was a higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, I identified as a Christian because that was like what everybody did. You were just a Christian. I never mm-hmm. really, there was never any reason for me to look past the whole, you know, be a good person. You're going to go to heaven. Only really mm-hmm. bad people go to hell unless of course they repent or whatever. Right. And then there's, um, you know, so, so there just was never, I never really thought about it. Um, there, my nephew ended up uh, getting diagnosed with cancer at two and mm-hmm. from two to eight, we kind of rode this, um, this horrible wave of treatments and hope and not hope and treatments yeah. and this whole yeah. thing. And now I wasn't very close with my nephew just because of distance and mm-hmm. things like that. And because, you know, he's sick and all that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a lot of praying going on. And, and I think that was probably the last time that I actually like genuinely, genuinely prayed mm-hmm. or at least gave it a shot. Cause I always suspected that I was just sort of like talking to myself or like thinking to myself, I'm like, right. okay, so God can hear my prayers and he's hearing my every thought. And if that's the case, like, fuck it. I'm, I'm burning no matter what, like this, this shit right. you know, right, right. <laughs> but, but seriously, that was the last time that I did actually, um, really like because I did I you know you're so helpless like what else do you do right, you know? right and there were you know prayer groups and everybody's you know all this stuff God is great God is good and then he's gone mm-hmm. um and and you're just like what kind of a fucking asshole would right. give a kid cancer at two yeah have them die at eight so they spent literally three quarters of his life in treatments Right. and be sick and, and it's like and now everybody and still god is still good and oh now it's a plan and i'm like okay so let's let's just let's just stretch this out okay so let's say that was his plan for him and somehow this adds to this greater good this big mm. still fuck him like still yeah. fuck him yeah. i agree Right. So from there, it was like, and I, I was already probably halfway to being a non-believer, if not three quarters of the way. Mm-hmm. That was just sort of my last ditch where I was like, I can't even justify any type of the morality or the ethics of this great being that is mm-hmm. supposed to exist and love everybody and all this kind of stuff. And then extrapolate out to the rest of the world and think of how many other kids even probably had it a thousand times worse than my nephew. You know, he was never abused. He was loved. You know, he had all everything he could have, you know, he was in the best situation to deal with what he had. Mm -hmm. And then you think of all the other kids that are a thousand times worse. And what kind, like, how do you worship that being? And so that really led me on the path to exploring, I think my very first like book, um, someone called it a slippery slope but no shit yeah. <laughs> was nice. something about the science of the soul and so it talked mm. about the studies of actually because my thought was okay i'm gonna go down to basics right is there even a soul this part of ourselves this energy like like right. is 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 part of him living on somewhere and there was nothing there there was nothing mm. you know they couldn't prove anything of course there's the energy doesn't die thing so from there it went on to um you know, the four horsemen, I think mm. there's a lot of people, um, that, that, you know, that start with those four in particular, yeah. um, Daniel Dennett being my favorite, probably the only one that hasn't had some sort of tarnishment on it by now, but, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, you know, it went from there and then it went from a lot of other people, um, 
you know, that I just, I just kind of kept reading and, and I was like this, um, I think probably when I started to really identify as an atheist was uh, Penn Jillette's book. Eh. Um, because that one was just so blunt and I love yeah. Penn Jillette. he's my kind favorite. Of, kind <laughs> of, you know, a little on the vulgar side and there was no more, especially coming from the likes of like Hitchens and Dawkins and Daniel Dennett in particular, mm-hmm. Harris can obviously be a little rough, but but like Daniel Dennett is a philosopher. So like, he's just, he just seems like he'd be like the sweetest guy in the whole world. And then you go from him to like Penn Jillette and you're like, Oh shit, I'm going to smack <laughs> in the face. Hey, look, I don't really, now I know what's up now. There's no more fucking around. I figured it out and this is it. And uh, then I got kind of pissed off, honestly. Um, felt a little, I felt a little duped. Yeah. Um, even you though I, face. Yeah, I, yeah. I suspected for a long time that that was the case. And then I just got a little resentful um, mm-hmm. about feeling like, you know, this was this big like farce. Right. So, and then from there I ended up, you know, following that path down to like skepticism. Mm-hmm. So like, um, you know, so now I just am like the biggest fucking Debbie Downer at any party where they're busting out like <laughs> fucking crystals. And they're like essential oils right. and they're fucking crucifixes. They're like, who brought this chick? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, how old were you when you first like started to like question shit and like really digging in? On, I mean, like, like way, way, way back when I was a little kid, I doubted that anybody, when oh, I was okay. praying in my kids, I never really prayed out loud. Yeah, yeah. I really doubted because like, I remember pretending and thinking and hoping that like my stuffed animals like really did like come to life, you know, or like do their thing and whatever. And I just didn't know, you know, when you still think of magic and stuff and Mm -hmm. when you voice that kind of thing around adults, they're always like, you know, they might humor you for a little bit, but you know that they know that it's Mm -hmm. not real. And it's like, okay. So every time I start to believe in some kind of magic thing, some magic, whatever, some Mm -hmm. sort of supernatural or whatever, it gets tossed out. But you know what the one thing that doesn't is God and mm-hmm. prayer and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, okay, so this is the one, this is the one magic that's real. Like yes. how come, you know, how come Fluffy isn't, you know, dancing the jig while I'm sleeping? You know, right. like what is why so when I so there was always that little bit of um there was always that doubt there that it mm-hmm. just seems like this just doesn't logically make sense. Okay. Um, so I, when I was really little, I definitely questioned it. But then you have okay. the whole stigma of, you know, you don't tell anybody you question that because right. now you got hell and now yes. you have people thinking you're evil and all this yeah. kind of stuff or it's bad or, or, you know, it's really scary. And, you know, so you just sort of accept that half level of this is what I'm doing. I'm going with the flow. This is what's it. But um, I would say, yeah, it was pretty much maybe even before my nephew passed mm-hmm. um, that I was like, I'm probably ready to, to let this go. And then after that, when I really like got into it and I was like, there's nothing, there's nothing for me to hang on to here at all. Like there's nothing concrete yeah. for me to, to believe. So I would say it was probably, I think it was around 26. Okay. Mm. Okay. Right. Yeah. Sorry. That was a really long no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Please talk for the whole hour if you want. No, <laughs> this is great. Yeah, I just realized you just asked me how old I was, and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Sorry. <laughs> so I went to Catholic school the same way as you did. Uh, and also, since I was a little kid, I always thought it was fake, like mm. a farce, uh, a game, people pretending. I I could always see that people were just, I, I guess you could say, believing just in case, you know? Uh, it, it was all like putting an act for each other almost, like playing pretend, but let's yeah. all play pretend at the same time. It was really weird shit. Uh, and so, yeah, since I was a kid too, I was like, this is, uh, I don't think this is true. This is really weird. Um, was there any fear of hell growing up? Like legitimate fear of hell or did it all just go away like that? Easy. You know, there really, there really wasn't. And that okay. is something that I would absolutely credit my family for okay, um, cool. is, uh, I remember asking as a little kid about hell and nobody mm. said you're going to go to hell. What they oh. said was hell is for really bad people. They're okay. like, you have to be really, really, really super bad. That whole God is love thing. Right. That was yeah. my, my God was squishy and loved everybody. It my God wasn't the bad vengeance, you know, drowning the world. God. Right. Um, so there was always hell isn't for you. You're not like there. My sense of what I got when I thought that I was afraid of hell was you're never going to be bad enough to go to hell. I mean, maybe mm. that was the wrong pack to take as I ended up as a stripper, but you know, like, <laughs> of course, <laughs> try a little harder. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, um, yeah, I did not have any fear of hell. And actually okay. I went to the recovering from religion um, foundation, yes. their fall retreat. Um, I spoke there last year and I, um, you know, somebody get actually, uh, Holy Kool-Aid gave a, a talk nice. on the fear of hell. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and then actually getting to talk with people that had been through that kind of stuff. And frankly, it, um, you know, I don't think I, there was a day that I was there that I didn't like cry at some point <sighs> because mm. I cannot, I can't imagine first off what people went through to have their parents, or mm -hmm. their loved ones or their guardians put this kind of fear into them. Um, but also as a parent, I can't imagine looking at my kid and, and doing right. that to them. Like I had always been really skeptical on calling religion and indoctrination abuse. And it certainly was not in my case. Mm -hmm. um, cool. That was, that yeah. was abuse. That was horrifying. I mean, among a thousand other horrifying things, but that was, that just as a parent, it just broke my heart because I can't imagine looking at a kid and, and saying that to them as, right. you know, as the person they trust. Right. Right. The, yeah. Telling them that they're broken and just worthless until they have Jeebus in their heart. You know, that's, that's child abuse hundred percent. So yeah, and Ugh. all the people that we've interviewed in this show, I, I had no idea that religious trauma was even a thing until we yeah. started talking right. to actual survivors of religious trauma. Yeah. And to learn how indoctrination really fucks you up for life. Like, it, it's mm. so crazy. So, yeah, uh, I didn't have it as bad, definitely. Yeah, same. It was uh, very, yeah. Come on, it was definitely part of society. I'm from Peru. Uh, everyone's fucking Catholic <laughs> by <laughs> default, you know, uh, it's just part of life, right? It's not like they're drilling Jesus into me or anything like that. So, uh, but I, we, we've met a lot of people who've been through experiences like that and, and yeah, I get yeah. it. 
crazy seen, shit. I've seen so many people, especially on uh, TikTok, say there's no such thing as religious trauma. Oh. Watch the fucking show, like just for that, you know, like watch. It's not no, that fucking. Honestly, that would really that would that would piss me off if yes. I did. I actually, I have a TikTok account, but I don't actually watch any videos on it except for <laughs> except for that one. Yeah, um, of yours. But uh, I, uh, I that would piss me off. I don't think I would be able to not say anything just because it is. It's right. Yeah, it's just really horrifying. Yeah, um, I, I I don't know how you can I don't know how you could you could sit in a room and listen to even one of the stories that I heard and and deny that that yeah. was any type of abuse directly related right. to yes. religion whatever the fucking flavor it is they, they always say like it's it, that wasn't god that was people that was no. religion or that was yeah. the church or whatever it's like what do you think they're yeah. fucking following like yeah what? no <laughs> no um, no there i mean i i would say the the only excuse and the only way that i could even tamp down the anger and stuff mm-hmm. like that that i felt was the fact that the parents were were also indoctrinated in that sense unless right. they were just fucking psychopaths right. but the fact that that's what they believed also you know i know that i know that my parents and at least some of my siblings are you know absolutely you know believe that and mm-hmm. and that, maybe not to that extent but yeah. you know i i so I, I I don't know. I just as a parent, like I said, I just I couldn't imagine that yeah. at all. Yeah. Are your parents religious? Uh, my mom is uh, passed almost ten years now. Mm. Uh, she okay. went to actually both of my parents were raised Catholic. Okay. Um, I think they were eighteen and seventeen when they got married. Oh, um, okay. And all six of us are from the same um, uh, parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father, I believe, is still uh, Catholic. I think okay. he's still a practicing Catholic. My mom identified as a Catholic um, before she passed, but was a closeted agnostic. Oh, um, okay. When I became an atheist and started writing and doing that kind of stuff, she, uh, you know, we talked about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she also told me, she goes, God, my, the God that I believe in doesn't care. Mm. <laughs> he wouldn't send you to hell. Interesting. Uh, hmm. And uh, so she identified as a Catholic, a Catholic, but she acknowledged that she was actually an agnostic. And okay. her reasons for being a Catholic was that she liked church on Sundays. She liked the people that were there. Um, she very much wanted to believe that there was a heaven where she was going to see her parents again. Yeah. And so for her, um, she's very much one of the reasons, among other people, that I that I would not consider myself an anti-theist. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was, you know, she used it in the very best light possible. And I do think that a lot of people do do that where yeah. their God is just really an excuse and an impression, a manifestation of their own ethics and morals. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the vast majority of, of people that I believe that I know believe in God or higher power are still decent human beings because oh, yeah. it overrides right. the bullshit that's in the bible or the bullshit that they may have learned right um, so so my mom was technically um a catholic when she passed mm, okay yeah like I, I always say like religion i've seen because i've seen it so many times like religion will turn a good person fucking terrible and fucking shitty and i, and I hate that and that's why like we we do this because 
I want people to just, we want people, I guess we, but me, like, I want people to see, like, religion can be bullshit. And I mean, it is bullshit to, to, for me, but, but yeah, no, that's, uh, it's, it's, it's frustrating. It has to be, I think somebody has to have a, sh- like, I think religion ends up being a justification for right. people's city actions. I think that there yes. are cities yeah. to begin with. Right, and I yes. think this, especially because everything is open to interpretation mm-hmm. um, and is so malleable, ethically, right. morally, you know, there's all the contradictions, there's all the whatever, there's yeah. the whole story picking. But I think, I think people that do use religion um, in a bad way are basically, they were, you know, I, I would have a hard time seeing, um, somebody who is already inherently a good person finding religion and then becoming a bad person. Yeah. Um, I think if, you know, we were, we were in the same realm with, uh, like Dave Warnock. I don't know if you've read his book. If you haven't, you should. Yeah. I have. have, Um, have Yeah. Dan Barker, um, was another one. I'm trying to think of the other ones and, you know, they were, um, Oh, uh, now his name, Daryl Ray. Uh, so yes. these people were all ex clergies, right? And right. Mm-hmm. when you look at their stories, they were fundamentalists. They were deep in it. They were right. raised in it. They were whatever. Mm-hmm. But what brought them out of that was their empathy, their humanism, and their compassion mm-hmm. for other people. Right. So they were steeped and soaked in this religion. Right. But the fact that they were just decent human beings kept them from doing like what that lady today that just got convicted of killing her kid you know or, was that the one kid. that hired the hit the hitman i don't know it was, was i saw the headline i didn't read oh. past it because frankly oh, i didn't want to yeah um, fuck? yeah oh. but but it was you know what i'm saying so i i do think right. that that religion is just it, it, it's just a reflection of what you are inside already. You can take yeah. it and yeah. make it really fucking bad, or you can take all the squishy parts and make it nice and fun and fluffy. And, you know, God is just this great creator that loves everybody. And sometimes shit happens and we don't know why. And, but he's there for you. And, you know, I, so, so I do think there's a large spectrum between fundies that are going to go out and fucking murder their kids right. and fundies that aren't going to allow that bad stuff to ruin who they are as a person. Yeah. Right. 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 But yeah. Mm. So where, as a godless heathen, uh, where do you get your morals from? I want to know. <laughs> where do I get my morals from? Uh, that was something a little bit that I struggled a little when I, mm-hmm. when I be- it decided to actually identify as an atheist. Um, it, it was like, because how do you explain to people when you know that the vast majority of people believe in a higher power, believe right. in some sort of supernatural ethic guidance? Um, and I thought, how do I explain that? And I think that humanism in that respect really gave uh, me yeah. That, that guideline where, which is basically just a whole bunch of rules that say, you know, don't be an asshole right. um, or, you know, basically consider uh, other people around you as you make your decisions or mm-hmm. as you live your life, you right. know, don't, you know, basically yeah. don't leave the world a shitty place, but it was just kind of a basic like framework um, that really kind of fit with, with how I felt. So yeah. I would say that was, you know, humanism really 
um, laid that out for me in, in a way that certainly Christianity didn't. Yes. You know, it wasn't confusing. It was like, here you get, it's like, you know, it's like, don't be a dick for dummies. Yeah. Don't be a dick. <laughs> I want that so badly to be a book. Oh, maybe it is. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Um, so you were a, an adult entertainer. Can you tell us a little bit about that and your experience with that? Uh, yeah, when I was, well, I graduated high school kind of mm -hmm. early, um, cause I realized that I could do like an accelerated program. So basically I, yeah. I went, I, by choice, I went to a continuation school okay. and just did all my shit and got out. So I was hey, like, nice. fuck yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I have a diploma. But, Very nice. Uh, I but it also meant that I that I had to start working right away, and so I first worked at McDonald's, which is mm -hmm. terrible. If you oh. if you really dig, you'll find the picture of me at like I think I must have been seventeen with Ronald McDonald. It's terrible. I have my headset on and like the teal shirt. Okay. Is and, that like, why you started stripping? <laughs> yeah, right. It was close. It was yeah. close. I started thinking about is, it. Is then. that the adult yeah. happy meal? Like, oh, is that kind of the story? No, literally, literally digging like right before if you held something too long, you'd have to throw it away. They don't do that now, but back oh, in the day, they did. And right. you have to throw it away. Well, you weren't allowed to take it. You couldn't uh, just take it. And I'm like, oh. you know, I'm 17 years old. I got a 74 Camaro and an apartment to share with my 17 year old boyfriend. <laughs> and like, we're fucking hungry. So <laughs> That's right. I literally would like put it like into the garbage. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. And then like take it, then jam to the bathroom and fucking like, you know, oh my God. like a 50 cent cheeseburger. So, so I started thinking raccoon. about other ways to make income. <laughs> uh, but I ended up working from there. I ended up going to like a call center where I took mm -hmm. like, um, I took like phone orders. So like when you see the number to yeah. order something off. Cool the now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was one of those people and we'd have like, it's funny because we had like uh, foreshadowing. We had upsell. So when you sold them something that they hadn't called in intending on buying, they would pay you out a certain amount at the end of the week. Well, they paid everybody out $1 bills. So, oh. <laughs> so like, like there was like this whole like trajectory of sort of like leading there for me. Oh my um, god! Not making communion was the first. You're right. Um, uh, and yeah, so I ans I answered an ad, um, actually in the newspaper because it was a long time ago. It was mm -hmm. late night. and um, I answered it for a outcall service, so like a bachelor. Uh, party right so like you would oh, okay. go to the and like do that kind of stuff and right. I walked in and was told that I was too short and too pale and I had too many freckles and my boobs were too small oh, no. um, so like I didn't even like audition I just like left and like cried in my car oh. um, but my job really super sucked hated my job it sucked every day I was miserable I hated yeah. people I worked with I was in a fucking cubby I felt really bad about some of the shit I was selling mm. I was some stuff was just even before I was a skeptic, I was like, this is bullshit. And it was fucking prostate medicine. Actually, I Ugh. sold uh, I sold video games, EA Sport. Uh, sometimes we would get kids. Oh, <laughs> my God. You'd have to be like, all right, dude, you don't have to stay on your balls. Pretty sure that's on your credit card. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so I once I kind of like got over the first um, – rejection mm -hmm. i saw another ad to be a topless waitress at a juice bar and oh. uh, so it was fully nude club and um i went there and they were like stoked to have me i was 18 years old they're like fuck mm. yeah 
So um, I only went nice. on stage and then I start like just went on stage and served drinks, but only mm-hmm. topless, not nude. Okay. Club was nude. And I didn't give dances or nothing like that. And mm-hmm. then um, they gave me like, I think it was about a week before I got the ultimatum um, to become a dancer. And that would have oh. been a new dancer, but oh. that meant I was no longer getting a paycheck. It meant that I was an independent contractor and just, I actually had to pay them to work there. God um, damn it. So, but I did, I did do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, kind of never really looked back after that. It was, um, you know, there were definitely, I think I retired four or five times formally okay. um, <laughs> and tried other things. But when it came to the independence, um, you know, being able to tell people to eat shit and oh, fucking man. walk away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's really no getting around it. And plus, you know, um, if something came up, you can go and work an extra night or you can go anywhere and work. I worked in New Orleans. I worked up in Reno. Oh, um, okay. You know, right. so you can go and I, my sister was ill once or she had a surgery and she needed help with her kids and stuff. So mm-hmm. I went and worked in Seattle for a week, took care of her kids and her during the day and worked a couple of nights. So I was able to actually, you know, Still, so it, there was a lot of independence. I mean, it's yeah. a lot of Easter famine. There's, it's definitely, right. it sucks really bad sometimes. Right. Um, but yeah, so that was pretty much yeah. how I did that on and on and off for 20 something years. Yeah. Holy shit. So did you in, enjoy it per se? Or I would say for the most part, I did. I okay. mean, honestly, it's yeah. hard. Like, I really liked being on stage. I was never much of a people person. I'm still mm. not. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> like, if you saw me standing in the corner at the convention a couple of times, that's because I needed a break. Yeah. Um, been peopled yeah. out. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. But that gave me a sense of control and a sense of empowerment. Yes. Um, you know, you're basically in charge. That's kind of how that's set up. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah. Different than other types of sex work. Right. Um, but, you know, especially because we have bouncers and stuff. So it's like, right. you know, yeah. I'm five foot tall, but I got balls of fucking steel because I got, you know, six foot five dude over <laughs> here who's about ready to give you the fucking, you know, concrete mm-hmm. dance outside. So, mm-hmm. you know, right. I um, was just always safe, but I... Yeah, for the most part, I enjoyed it. Now, when it mm. sucked, I did not enjoy it. It was really, yeah. the lows were really, really, really low. Oh, but yeah. the highs are amazing. Mm, okay, yeah. Um, would you ever go back to it? Are you <laughs> currently? I mean, well, so, <laughs> if that's okay to ask. <laughs> well, so after I, I published my third book, Expose Yourself, in 2019. And okay. right as that came out, um, I was... I was playing, I was like, okay, this is it. This is my third book. I'm mm-hmm. about to hit 41. This is silly. I'm like 92 in dancer years, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's over. It's cool. And, um, so I quit and I ended up, I have a part-time office job now. Mm. Um, and then, you know, COVID happened and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. And I ended up doing some more writing, um, after that. And the club owner where I worked, most recently has a, there's a store attached to it. So it has toys and videos and all that kind of stuff. And he's always carried my books ever since any of them have been published. He he carries them all. And, um, so it was suggested that I do a feature. So in, um, 
2022 in mm. April, I came back for a feature weekend. So I worked a Friday and a Saturday, basically where I had like feature shows. So they're like yeah. scheduled shows mm-hmm. um, and they kind of like advertise it and stuff like that. So oh, that's cool. Okay. Um, yeah. So I did that actually twice last year and then I did it in April, actually the week before the uh, week after the convention. Mm, um, okay. Nice. And uh, I tentatively have plans to do one more in October, but I swear to God, it's going to be the last time. (laughs) 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 Fuck yeah. Um, So you said you have three books, right? Or there's more than that. Actually, yeah, I actually have six. Six. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, Okay. So the first one's called Think You Want to Be a Stripper? <laughs> Question yeah, mark. I wrote that. Um, so that's kind of like a series of essays on oh, basically okay. this strip club. So it's got stuff in there about like dealing with rejection. Mm. has stuff in there about dealing with misogyny. Mm. Uh, it has oh. stuff in there about why it doesn't make any difference if you could dance. Or, um, you know, if you think your ass is too big or you think whatever. Um, so there's a lot of stuff in there. It's not um not it's not always um kind i would say i'm very mm-hmm. blunt about what i write because frankly it's a it's a hard um it's a hard business to get into um yeah. so it's not nice all the time yeah the next one oh my god <laughs> there already thoughts an awkward an awkward boner i love that sexy <gasps> short stories from a former stripper oh my gosh i fucking love that <laughs> so this is probably my first work of fiction Mm. Um, I had a Patreon page for a little while where mm-hmm. I was posting a story, uh, mostly a fictionalized, um, you know, so stories that were based on real events. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would post kind of a picture to uh, Patreon. We got in a bit of a spat after about a year and a half about what is porn. Um, uh. And things that they had approved, which were just literally like topless pictures uh. and like once a week or once a month I would post a nude, but it wasn't like, it wasn't porn. porn. Yeah. Right. Um, and they had approved those posts and then come back a year later and said, okay, we got to take this down or whatever. And I'm like, well, I built a following on people on this content that you approved right. because we talked about it. And I was like, tell me what the parameters are. I have no problem staying within the parameters. You just got to, we just got to right. lay them out. And we went through that. And then they came back and were like, no, Ugh. this isn't cool anymore. And I'm like, well, how do, how do, how do you tell me now? So I ended up just setting down the page, but I put all the, the stories together in this book. Um, I tossed in a couple of pictures um, as well, just for, you know, yeah, dirty thoughts and awkward bonus. That's what we should do, Mel. <laughs> That's what we should do for our patrons. Make, write awkward boner stories? Yeah, why not? I could do that. That's easy. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they were fun. They were fun to write. I, yeah. I had a good time writing that. Uh, I had a good time writing. That we one. should send photos to the patrons. <laughs> yeah, just be careful. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Just be careful because it's really irritating getting like discussing that with people, and it's like, no, I'm not a hooker. Like, I don't know how to <laughs> say this. Right. Like, for That's real. right, guys. I've said it many times. I am not a hooker. <laughs> it's frustrating so when people won't believe you. Yeah, I yeah. Know. Mm. people don't believe me when I say that. But anyway, okay. and then this is number three: "Dirty Money: yeah. Memoirs of a Stripper." This one is actually my yes. This one's actually my very first book. Um, nice. It was, it's been revised and um, redone. Actually, I had to change the cover on that 
to mm. my original cover because I can't advertise it on social media or on uh, Amazon. Oh, damn it. <laughs> so this is the, this is the, the other cover. Um, but that's basically was written out of spite. I got tired of, um, mm. you know, talk shows and everybody saying, you know, that strippers are drug addicts and poor and, uh. you know, abused and exploited <sighs> and all this kind of stuff. And, and it really irritated me that a lot of the books um, that were out there from former uh, entertainers mm-hmm. was, um, you know, this was my path to God and I found Jesus <laughs> and he saved me and all this stuff. And I'm like, Fuck oh my you. God. <laughs> uh, actually, somebody had recommended me a book by somebody like that. Uh, mm. And I was so pissed off because I'm like, how do you? So, you know, we all make choices in life. Um, and we all have to deal with the consequences of those choices. Right. And when you lay that on a fictional character and you can't take responsibility for the shit that you did. Mm. Um, and now you're trying to tell everybody else that that went into this, you know, painting everybody with the same brush. Right. We're all victims. We're all, mm. you know, exploited and just sad, broken people. And it's like, no, dude, that's your story. Tell right. your story. Right. Right. Um. And uh, so that's ba- so basically that was written out of spite. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's why I live. The, the only reason why I'm living out of yeah. spite, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah. And then you got expose yourself. I like that cover. Kind of looked yes. like Madonna or something. Um, yeah, this I was. Um, so this was the book that was written my third book it was written after i became involved actually with the freedom from religion foundation the um the concept and the um contributing editor is judy saint she's my local ffrf uh chapter president Mm -hmm. and so this book was a lot her ideas um i talk about uh building confidence Mm because i was you know i was a bullied ugly little freckled redhead kid and um actually getting to be a dancer was you know, took some doing, mm-hmm. um, and it was risky. So I talk about, um, taking risks. I talk about humanism. Um, I do, if I can, uh, plug myself for a minute. Um, I think I do, I do a pretty, right. I think I do a pretty <laughs> good uh, job of taking down, uh, the Adam and Eve story. Mm. Um, yes. And, uh, then I definitely talk about humanism and debunking a lot of pseudoscience, um, mm. So this, this book actually kind of highlights my journey from uh, Believer, but there's lots of like stripper jokes and stories and stuff in there too. Stripper so. jokes. Yeah. <laughs> now, are you, is this quote from Pendulette that he wrote that? It is. It Holy is. Holy shit. Actually. Yeah. That's fucking yeah, so cool. That's amazing. Because Penn was an inspiration for this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to get in contact with him and oh. get him um, a copy of it. And he read it and actually he refused to read the print copy. He, he got the Kindle. <laughs> oh. um, so, oh. and yeah, he was gracious enough to, um, to uh, give me a, a, a little blurb there. So I that fucking was love that. Yeah. I'm awesome. a huge fan of Pendulette. Penn and Teller, they're like my favorites. Oh my God been watching them since i was young um and then oh stripper noir noir who is our man rosa amelia 
Arvin Rose Amelia is an author that found me after I published my first book on Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, he is an indie author, mostly horror, but nonfiction, crime, mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff. He must have like 60 books. Oh, wow. Um, absolutely amazing guy. Um, encouraged me to keep writing. I thought Memoirs of Stripper was going to be my only book ever. And I thought mm -hmm. it was just going to sit on Amazon somewhere and just exist in that little space. Um, but he actually found it, um, really encouraged me, had me on his first podcast. He is not related to the atheist or skeptic community whatsoever, okay. Um, okay. but he is a fabulous guy and uh, encouraged me to write short stories and fiction. So this is my first full length fiction uh, book. We wrote it together. Okay. He writes the parts of the detective. I write the part of the stripper serial killer. And wow. it's basically just a fun, gory, dark um, uh, murder story. So. Hell yeah. So I the, love the stripper is the murderer? Is that what you're saying? Or yeah, and you hear it from her. It's not, it's not a spoiler because you hear it from oh. her point of view. You hear it from her point of view. She's second in the chapter. So you know right gotcha. away who it is. It's okay. just the detectives don't don't really know and, and they play this kind of like cat and mouse. That's cool. So we didn't know what the other one was gonna write. Um mm -hmm. so it was kind of a it was kind of a back and forth. And this one, South of Heaven, which is also the name of the title of a song by Slayer. It is sounds Satanic as fuck. <laughs> so this is my first full-length work of fiction, solo, all by myself. Um, awesome. This one is about a stripper who basically is an atheist, but right as she's dying, she says, fuck it. I might as well say a prayer. I know I'm going to die. Probably going to go to hell. Might as well give it a shot. So she does. And uh, she ends up, um, she ends up in heaven. Uh, first, she picks a fight with St. Peter. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> she, thinks she's gonna, she thinks she's going to hell anyway, because it just doesn't make any sense. And he's like fucking with her the whole time. And so yeah. she's like, all right, whatever. So now I'm just going to dish it out. So I might as well have some fun before I go fucking burn forever, right? Oh, and, but she gets, she gets in because she repented. So she gets there and she oh, finds okay. out. Yeah. <laughs> she gets there and she finds out everybody. Um, everybody's there that just repented. Um, yeah. And that doesn't necessarily make you a good person. Or a moral person. Mm -hmm. So she's in heaven with a bunch of dickheads. Um, Jesus is weird. Um, <laughs> she, find, she finds out that her cat's in hell. Oh, um, no! Oh. So it's like this whole thing. So she spends most of the book trying to get out of heaven because it sucks. And yeah. she ends up meeting a demon who sells weed. You know, <laughs> lucky and uh, she decides she wants to get to hell. And so um, that is her goal pretty much is to get the fuck out of heaven. Um, I love this part that says, once there, Kat discovers, much to her dismay, the <laughs> angels are jerks, the only music is god-awful Christian rock, <laughs> Christian rock. and her brand new halo comes with some most troubling conditions. I fucking love this. And I like that Andrew Saito actually yeah. uh, wrote that little review there. That's fucking cool. He did. He he asked me if he could um, actually at the convention, and I was oh. like, "Are you sure you want to read this?" Because there's like a bunch. Of, I mean, it's like <laughs> I don't know if you've read Andrew's books, um, which are a must read if you yes. haven't actually. Andrew's books. Um, yes. But you know, he's a he's an attorney, a very talented and highly educated. And we've had person. him on the show. So was, yes. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, it's named after a Slayer song, and you know. <laughs> 
Big it shout out to Andrew Seidel. It's a sex scene. It's, also, you know, so there is like, is is it smut? Is it like? Um, if there's a sex scene in it. Okay. All like right. Basically, at first, and then she does. That's one of the conditions, actually. Um, okay. With the halo is there isn't anything there, and she's like, "This is fucked up." Oh. Um, and so she, but she finds some, she finds some loopholes and some other stuff. So, so she, so she figures it out. So yeah, there's a little bit of loopholes yeah. and the poop holes. <laughs> there, there are many holes. You know, God's loophole is the poop hole. <laughs> he put the G spot in there, so you know. Actually, we can't blame it. So he read the book, Andrew Seidel read your book, and he Yeah, I was horrified. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I should be embarrassed. And I'm like, and I was waiting. He, he read it. I, he went on vacation and went on yeah. a cruise. Don't so. be embarrassed. Yeah. No, yeah. No, I was because just trust me if it's, yeah, it's got some stuff in there. Then <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is not lawyerly. Scholarly stuff. It's, I mean, I guess it's a it's a good break from all like the serious constitutional, you know. Yeah. It, it's yeah. a good it's a good getaway, you know. It's, it's well, I don't tell any bad. of my close uh, acquaintances about the podcast. <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> Nobody in this town knows about this. <laughs> Not that I'm embarrassed. It's just that it will be a lot of explaining to do. Um, when did you start writing, Aaron? Mm. Um, I believe it was two twenty fourteen. Oh, you know what? Actually, I, it was before that. It was twenty twelve when I actually first started writing uh, my memoirs. Awesome. Okay. Uh, my mom passed in twenty thirteen, uh-huh. so as you can imagine, that um, made it a little difficult to right. to write then. So I took a big break. But honestly, I had started writing before she passed, and she was like so supportive. You know, when everybody, when you tell people (laughs) you're writing a book, you get a lot of, especially as a server, I don't know, maybe that's just my own hang up, but, Mm -hmm. but, you know, you get a lot of, oh, really? You're writing a book. Oh, good for you. (laughs) Oh, you're writing a book. Oh, (laughs) you know, and my mom wasn't that person. My mom was, you can do this. I knew you could do this. You know, and she was always, even as a Catholic, she was, um, she was supportive of me being a dancer. She understood oh, my decisions around it. Yeah. She even said, she said, I wish I could have done it. We had the same size feet. She tried on my shoes one day, which was actually horrifying because they were oh, like, no. they actually weren't mine. They were, I found them in the locks and found them, but they happened to fit me. Hey. And I thought, I just had them as a backup, but they were clear. And they had, oh, when you stepped on them, they lit up. Oh, shit. Okay. Came out of my, she came out of my bedroom and and she said can i have a dollar she's walking around in these like no shit like this oh god oh my god so so she wasn't like that's amazing amazing. she she was supportive but it wasn't i knew that i knew that i kind of had to finish it for her and then once it was finished it was it was um that was like my bucket list i thought that was going to be it yeah so yeah are there any future plans for future books Actually, I finished one on Friday. Like what? I finished, um, oh my and I'm God. getting ready to submit it. Mm. Um, so I, so I don't know if it will exist like for real yet. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm getting ready to submit it to the same um, publisher, Hellbound Books, that did Stripper Noir and okay. uh, South of Heaven. And uh, South of Heaven is dedicated to my mom, by the way. Oh, um, nice. Uh, 
And uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that one's mm-hmm. about like a, there's lots of sex on that one. It's a, uh, it's about a succubus and Ooh. all this stuff. Go on. Bisexual so, <laughs> succubus. Hey, oh my know. God. Uh, and know, you knew actually, about my life. <laughs> you might, you, you know, hey. I mean. Anyway, <laughs> I, maybe, maybe if, if they pick it up, I'll send you, I'll send you advanced review. Please. Um, <laughs> copy. So. I have a novella coming out actually with Armin Rosamelia. Uh, it's put out by Crystal Lake Publishing. That is coming out in August, um, August twenty fifth. Okay. Um, it's part of they their anthology called uh, The Dead Shall Rise, which is part of their Dark Tide mm-hmm. series. So they have a series of books where they publish three novellas each on a on a theme. Okay. This one happens to be zombies. I so love my it. zombie story is set in the strip club. Yes. And, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that is going to be coming out August 25th. So that's okay. what I have. And then my, I also have written, um, I wrote for only sky for a little bit. Um, okay. Nice. So yeah. For about a year. So there's quite a few um, mm-hmm. articles there. And then most recently I've been contributing to free inquiry, which is uh, okay. CFI secular humanist magazine. So that's fucking yeah. awesome. Do you, do you like the horror genre? Like mainly? Or do you? Oh want yeah, to, yeah. I fucking love horror. Oh, yeah. like, oh my god, the yeah. fucking eighties and seventies horror movies just love it. I Fantastic. really like. Um, I've always really been into horror books in okay. particular. It's yeah. what I always wanted to write. Okay. Um, and maybe that's why it took me so long to start writing because mm-hmm. I always thought I'm never going to be that. You know, like you yeah. read Clive Barker and Stephen uh. King and. You know, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, that's stupid for me to even think that. And um, once I wrote my first book, I still thought that. I was like, well, I wrote, you know, how hard is it to write your fucking story? You know what I'm saying? I wrote, I just basically started from, you know, Jump Street. and Foster Syndrome, right? Oh, really bad. bad. But, you know, like I said, I don't know how much of it is just my own perspective where I always feel like people are looking at me like, you know, who's this dumb broad thinks she fucking write a book, you know? <laughs> right. So right. There's, um, there's always that element that I think mm. adds to my imposter syndrome, where yeah. I, I think, you know, people that expect It's real. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 100%. 100%. Like, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to the succubus. Succubus. Well, like I said, let's see. I'm getting ready, uh, getting ready to submit oh. definitely by this week. And okay. yeah, we'll oh, have best to of luck with that. Work. Awesome. So. Yes, I'm excited. Are you going to go to the next AACON in Philly uh, next year? Um, I don't know. I don't okay. have any plans to do any other uh, conventions mm. right now. Yeah. Um, they can just be kind of hard to get to, honestly. Yeah. So, um, okay. Especially when they're on the other side of the country. Um, yeah. <laughs> the one that I've always went to is um, FFRF, and that's because... Mm. I'm on the board of the chapter and oh, they were sort of like nice. me into all of this stuff. So mm-hmm. I, um, that's the one that I try to do, but theirs is in Madison this year. Mm. So I don't know. So I don't know. I had a really good time at, um, at American atheist though in Phoenix. April. That was really cool. Like yes. I said uh, earlier, you know, I took home the Bible and <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people signed it. It's signed by a bunch of atheists. And um, that's awesome. Yeah. Like a yearbook. We should do that next year. Literally. Um, I mean, I, I still have the one I took from the year prior uh, mm. in Atlanta. Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they put 
put them out, you know, shit. <laughs> so you're talking about being on the board for FFRF. Mm. Uh, how long have you been an activist with the APS community? So it would have been 20, it would have been 2018 that I really got involved in mm. joint um, and then That's just awesome. started uh, volunteering. I wrote a couple of um, just a couple of pieces for uh, their newsletter. Mm. So I think they're actually the first people that ever published me. And that's why I went, you know, I'm like, Oh my God, you like me. You know, that's why yeah. I went to the, the convention <laughs> in San Francisco. I was like, Oh my God, holy shit. So, okay. um, so you're yeah. part of the local chapter, the, or at least yeah. the region mm -hmm. where you reside. Okay. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Yes. I love the activism. We're not that important, but <laughs> well, I mean, but we had a booth. Important, you know, <laughs> we answer a couple emails and kind of make a couple of decisions and things like mm -hmm. that, and then right. we get involved where we can. Um, as far as trying to spread, you know, the word about, you know, you don't have to be a believer, and right. you know, you can definitely giving people a soft place to land so when they're mm -hmm. leaving religion. And of course, the big fight right now is the separation of church and state which yes. you know is how i really got involved like like becoming an atheist was one thing but actually getting involved was because yeah. it tar targeted my son's school Ooh, with right. a, a flyer that given the whole this big mega church given the entire elementary school a free bike you only had to go to their event and on the flyer it didn't say church it just oh, said the name well, that's bullshit yo. Like, yeah and i was like this isn't cool once no. I realized what it was and right. I contacted FFRF and I believe it was actually Andrew Seidel that wrote the letter to the district that got them to stop doing that. Probably it was him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was how he's one of the very first people that I met. Uh, um, okay. So it was, uh, you know, it, it was just sort wow. of went from there. I was really appreciative that they helped me. And then I was yeah. even more appreciative that they uh, published me even you know in a little newsletter that comes like nondescript like you'd think it was porn <laughs> it's like totally worked out you know it's right. like how mad magazine covers up their thing like they right. um, but you know i met the editor my mm. first the first speaker i walked in at the freedom from religion foundation uh convention my first convention i'd ever been to mm -hmm. was freaking salman rushdie um okay who, i didn't know who he was actually mm -hmm. i didn't know who he was and then i sat there and i listened to him a little while and i was just blown the fuck away nice. um and then you know everybody else is there and you're meeting all these people that are like you know you finally feel comfortable saying hey i don't fucking believe in this shit mm -hmm. right you know yes. i certainly don't want somebody who thinks when they hit the button that all the bad people are going to go to hell and all the good people are going to go to heaven. Yes. Like I really yeah. want those people to not be making decisions for me and my kids. Yes. Yeah. So, yep. And so yes, that and that's what real like activism looks like, right? It, it's not necessarily being on boards or on marches, but it, it starts in your community. Mm -hmm. It starts at looking how people with, you know, these religious beliefs are having influence on your life, your right. direct community so and getting i guess angry about it or interested yeah. in those in those matters and speaking out against of that that line in the rage against the machine song anger is a gift yes right and it's a, it's about how you use it um and you know my little tiny piece of activism and my little you know deal is 
you know, what I can do. It's what is within my power. You know, yes. if you look at people like Andrew Seidel or, you know, people that are in like the, the legal realm, yeah. you know, they're actually in there doing the fucking yes. fight. They're like on the yeah. front line mm-hmm. and they're, you know, me, I'm in my community and I'm trying to do just the little, little bit that I can. Yeah. So Boom. Yeah, like I, I, um, we're friends on Instagram, and I, I messaged him because, because I, I want like professional opinions, obviously, because I'm not in that realm. So I asked him uh, the other day about um, term limits for mm. you know Congress and just in general, because you know, so um, yeah, he he wanted to look more into it because it's like a new thing or whatever. But because I wanted to know if it was like if there was any cons to it, you know, pro pro versus cons. And like, do you think oh. it would work? Th- th- that kind of stuff. So like, I, I yeah. love having him as a as a resource almost, you know, of, of information, because he's like, in the yeah. whole, you know, thing. So yeah, shout fucking. out to Andrew Saddle. Yeah, shout out to Andrew Saddle. <laughs> yeah, glitch McConnell. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, he's one of he's one of the hundreds though that is yes. really um that is really doing that that stuff and I think yes. everybody really has a different Fuck yeah. different piece. Yes. 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 Um so one final question for you. Um what advice would you give somebody newly deconstructing from their faith? I thought you were gonna say going into stripping. I mean that's it. I was like, oh, I get that question all the time. I hate that question. Oh, no. um, <laughs> Uh, what would I tell somebody deconstructing? Um, man, you know what sucks is the first thought that came to my head was that you are loved. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly yeah. what the fucking outreach Christian people say when they come into the strip club. You are loved. And it's like, why did you think I wasn't? Um, I'm getting paid for my no, love. <laughs> I, um, I, guess I, would, I guess I would want them to know that they're not alone and that there are a lot of people that are still in the closet. Yeah. yeah, and that it is okay um, to not believe, and that mm-hmm. there is still a community, and there are still people you can still find the same type of things um, without that. And I think, oh man, what would I tell somebody newly deconstructing? Um, like for me personally, as far as like what my story or my life really has to add to this is mm-hmm. the sexual component of it. Yeah. Um, and then I've really seen a lot of people damaged sexually, even if not by extreme religion, mm-hmm. just by the fact that that kind of purity idea, the idea yes. of, um, right. you know, not just gender roles, but, um, you know, so- society's ideas around sex, you know, yeah. if, you, if you're a woman and you have too many partners, it's, you know, bad. Or if you're a man, you need to be a big manly fucking right. big, like, fucking, yeah. I'm not even going to say his name because you know who I'm thinking of. Mm. Um you know, and I, I think what I would tell somebody is is that um, sex is okay and sex mm-hmm. is good and there's nothing wrong with your body yep. and um, and the way that we use it. And I, I think that would be my um, my piece is to is the first piece would be to work through that shame. Yes. yes. Yep. Shame is a big, big thing. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Well, thank you. Yes. You're fucking awesome. <laughs> Uh, where can me. people find you? I put in, I put your website here, AaronLewis.com. I know there are links there to your other social media, like your Instagram and your Twitter. Um, you're also on TikTok, right? 
reluctantly, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a shit but, show. Yeah. Mm. I just I'm just really salty that I've that I got reported like more than once. And I know that oh. I'm like so Ask uh, Mel how many accounts she's been through already. <laughs> yeah, I just I, so, I, I don't know. Um yeah, I'm on Twitter also now reluctantly. Um but uh <laughs> That's another whole fucking shit show. Yeah. Yep. Um, Threads is, you know, I, I realized that we're picking between two shitheads. Yes. And like, they're not, they're really not like that together. <laughs> but uh, I've been kind of, I've been more active on Threads lately. Mm. Um, but I am on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and, you know, my, my all-time favorite freaking social media app is Goodreads. Because I'm not going to fucking see what you had for dinner. <laughs> I don't need to know that you had a bad day. <laughs> I'm going to see what the fuck you're reading. And yep. if I like it, I'm going to click like. <laughs> and I, that's that's my all-time favorite one. Um, but yes. yeah, you can... Uh, God, I don't even know what page that is. Goodreads. That's, that's good. Oh, it is? Oh, okay, yes. Favorite, <laughs> favorite social media app. So follow me there. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm all over cause I have to be um, oh, yeah. accessible, but my website definitely has links to, uh, to everything. Awesome. Yes. Holy shit. Well, you are freaking awesome. Uh, yes. we want to say thank you for joining us today. Uh, don't go just yet. Oh, don't Please leave give it, us don't a couple it. minutes, but I want to give a shout out to recovering from religion. Amazing organization. Yes. Big shout out to Dr. Daryl Ray and Gail Jordan. Thank you. They're so two of my cool. all-time favorite people ever. Right? Right. Yes. What would I grow up? God. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And they have a hotline, 184. I doubt it. If you're starting to deconstruct, doubt your faith, you're looking for support, you're looking for community, you can call them. They have 24-7 volunteers all over the world. And we're talking about like every, pretty much every time zone in the globe. It's freaking awesome. We know this firsthand from Dr. Girl Ray when we went into the bedroom with him. Yes, yes. That's yeah. what we did. Uh, exactly what we did. <laughs> <laughs> and they have the Secular Therapy Project. You go to seculartherapy.org. You can find an amazing registry of therapists who are not associated with any particular faith or you know religious organization or anything like that secular secular therapy project recoverforreligion.org 184 i doubt it fucking awesome organization they're a non-profit organization run by volunteers yes and of course we want to give the th i'm sorry i lost my fucking script oh here we go we wanted to remind <laughs> viewers and listeners because this is also an audio only Come on, the fun is here in the YouTubes, but hey, whatever. <laughs> we have a merch store. Uh, we're going to show you in a minute after if you want. Yes. Uh, it's, it's very uh, up your alley. Uh, what we have oh, on Jesus the merch store. <laughs> Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel, smash that like button, and hit the notifications bell uh, so you don't miss any of our new episodes. And the episodes come out on Mondays and, like I said, also available as audio only on any platform where you listen to podcasts. And if you're on Spotify, come on, give us five stars, no less than that. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. I guess it's X now. I don't fucking care. Oh, uh, at the... FML666. Seriously. Mine is at and his is at FML666. And we want to give a shout out to our Patreons. Look at this. Look at how many we patrons. We got a new we one. 
Yeah. Uh, thank you, Ron, Evelyn, Atheist Chico, Chico. Will over there, he's the other side of the world. Work. Thank you for your uh, service. Service. And he started a chapter of MMFA. Fucking yes. awesome. Lisette in Canada and her friend Robin. And you forget Lynn. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Which, Lynn. God damn it. <laughs> Lynn. We love you, Lynn. We love you, Lynn. Yes, uh, Lynn. We also like to thank our OGs on Anchor. We can't forget them. Robin M., William N., and Kit. Thank Fuck you, yeah. you, Yes. Oh, yeah. That's that's it. <laughs> All right. Any regrets? Yeah. Any regrets? <laughs> the second time around. <laughs> I'm never going to let him live that down. Yeah. Like, I'm he, he he's coming to yeah. my my area like in three days, so I'm gonna smack the shit out of him when he comes. in person. Yeah. In person, yeah, it's my favorite thing to do. It's so. a 3D event. <laughs> See, if you subscribe to our Patreon, like one dollar equals one slap. Oh, no, fuck you. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. That is no. That is that's not what I said. Not, not real. Okay. Well, anywho, we're gonna say goodbye. Thank you so much for being for joining us today. Love yes. the shirt. You want to show us the shirt one more time? Yes. This time we're recording. That's an odd request for me. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fuck yes. No gods, no masters. Fucking love it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Okay. All right, we're gonna. Well, I'm trying to come up with a pun on the spot, but I'm not that good of a comedian. No, I'm gonna yeah. say we're gonna strip ourselves from all guilt <laughs> and close this episode. I hate you so much. That is what the Lord wants. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>